Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I, I added an extra really, okay? Really, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. <laughs> Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Today's podcast is presented to you by Superbook Sports Colorado, Total Beverage in Westminster, and Thornton, and Blake Street Tavern. A lot to get to today. Some great, great stories, great, I'll say headlines, but I'm not really going to do headlines, just some great conversation pieces to throw at you. Uh, my kids did a self-defense class this past weekend with with one of their good friends, and it was really interesting, very eye-opening on defending yourself as a child and how people around react in society if if they hear a kid screaming it was really just jaw dropping what we found out and the the kids did really well this this instructor that they went to i think it was it was through something like cobra is what it ends up being is the acronym but it was really neat they did a good job there was a point in time where my my daughter almost dropped me to my knees cuz she wasn't supposed to do this but she just naturally did it almost just need me right in the nuts. <laughs> and I'm like, good job. But whew, you got really close there. My son, at one point, he uh, he was a little timid at first because he didn't want to get in trouble. He's, he's such a good kid. He doesn't want to hurt anybody, but he's really strong. And there was a point in time where the instructor was supposed to uh, basically just attack him. And my son grabs a hold of the guy's head and he's supposed to be doing one thing, but then my son realizes that wasn't working. So my son starts hitting him in the face. The guy's wearing a helmet, a full, full on helmet, but my son's hitting him so hard. The helmet is just like ripping off and the guy's face. You could see him like he's kind of panicking a little, a little. I'm sure he deals with this all the time, but he's just like, uh, uh, this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> and my son's just like, get away from me. He starts yelling and screaming like he's supposed to. And it was great. It was awesome. It was good to see. Now, the thing that disturbed me is he's like, now let's do it. If if the kids get actually pulled into a car, it, kids, this is what you got to do. If, if, you're, if you're at the point where they're trying to shove you into the car, this is what you have to do. And he's all, what I want you to do is yell as loud as you can, like somebody is really taking you. And and me and my buddy were there, and he's all, dads, pay attention to see what everybody in the parking lot does. Because it was a full parking lot. There's people walking around, doing shit. All, all three kids. I have two kids, and then my buddy's son. They all scream. They all act like they're being taken, like they're supposed to, like getting attention, getting attention, like help, 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 help me, help me, whatever, like at the top of their lungs, very distressed sounding. One guy turned around that was about 100 feet away, roughly, looks over in their direction and then just quickly turns around back to normal. Nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Not one person came over and was just like, hey, I just want to make sure everything okay. Nothing like that. It was, it was very bizarre. So one thing that I, I took out of that is if I hear somebody screaming, because we're all kind of numb to the idea of 
kids screaming for no fucking reason. Listen, my kids do it all the time. And I tell them, you cry wolf, guess what happens when there's a real wolf at your door? Nobody's going to fucking come and help you. That's what it, we're all kind of numb to it. Society has done it to themselves. We've done it to ourselves type of thing. So next time you hear somebody in distress, don't be scared to one, either, you know, slightly investigate and make sure everybody's fine. And two, you don't call the police if you need to, because the last thing you want to do is be the one responsible for somebody being murdered. And I know I took a very dark turn, but that's really what we're talking about here. So it, it was very bizarre and eye-opening. I thought more people would at least stop and maybe walk by, but nobody did. Oh, my God. If you see something, say something. <laughs> right? It sounds, sounds silly to say it like that, but it's true. Man. And I feel like I, I've probably neglected to, to do something or say something. I know also you're afraid to get hurt. You try, you're afraid to get in the middle of something because somebody might have a gun. And I get that. Call the police. Whatever. Anyway, if you have kids, it would not be a bad idea to set them up in, in some sort of self-defense class to get them a little bit more aware of their surroundings you know, they might already be very good, good head on their shoulders. Wouldn't be a bad idea to just add on to that and let them, you know, be a little bit more aware. So just something that, you know, I'm out here preaching to the, you know, the parents out there. Just I'd rather be safe than sorry with with the kids. And thankfully, my wife came up with this idea to find find a class and uh, she set it up, and it was a great idea. Great idea. And my kids did great. I they I was very proud of them. <laughs> my daughter is like a little fucking anaconda. Man, if she gets her hands around you, I told her, I was just like, man, I think I've told you this before. <laughs> I was like, somebody puts their hands on you, you make sure they pay. Okay? You make sure they pay. You, you rip their arms off. Uh, not arms off. <laughs> She's not that strong. Jesus, just start baiting them with their own limbs. <laughs> I was like, rip their fucking legs. God, I did it again. Not their legs. Their ears. Their ears, their nose, their eyes. I told my son and my daughter, I was just like, it's it, perfectly fine. If somebody's trying to kidnap you, you, you don't just try to gouge their eyes out. You try to touch the back of their brain. I was like, that's how hard you need to push on their freaking eyeballs. And they're like, Dad, that's disgusting. I was like, would you rather be dead or have goo on your hands? I'd rather take the goo. So anyway, so something for you guys to look look into if you have kids. Also, like as an adult, especially women. Uh, not a bad idea to, to to invest some time and and money into a defense class. I'm not nobody's sponsoring me on this, so I'm just telling you as a, a peer, not a bad idea to go into uh, take some defense classes. I think here's the one thing I learned when I when I was doing endorsements a long time ago. The company's not around anymore, but it was a company called L.A. Boxing, and I actually ended up working with a lot of UFC fighters. Brendan Schaub, I, I interacted with him a little bit as far in this realm. Luke Kadia, who now is a manager slash trainer with, oh, I can't remember, Justin Guthrie. I can't, I can't, I can never remember how to say his last name, but he's a fucking badass. Anyway, all from Colorado. 
or at least they were working here in Colorado. Anyway, I worked with them. And one of the things is like so many people go into these things to, to learn how to defend themselves a little bit. And we all think we have an idea of how to defend ourselves and how to fight. And then you go in there and some people are better at it than others. I went in there and I, I, I thought I knew how to fight. I had no fucking clue. And then I go in there and they taught me a lot. So I was a blank canvas. <laughs> I was like, mold me. Make me into a fighter. And they did. Now I do illegal street fighting all the time. That's what I do. Hush, hush. Don't tell anybody. No, I don't. Oh, my God. I'd get my ass kicked. But that being said, a lot of people go in there. You think you have an idea of how to fight because you maybe you've gotten a few scraps here and there. And then you go in there and they start teaching you, okay, maybe you're good at this. This is what you need to do to make it even better. And all these things. So they can make you, even if you're shit, they can make you good. If you're good, they can make you really, really good. So it's worth looking into uh, for all ages. So anyway, that's a, that's my soapbox on learning how to defend yourself. When all else fails, just try to poke somebody's brain. <laughs> Pokey, poke, poke, poke. If you hear a squishy noise, you're doing good. <laughs> anyway. Do you see where there's this lawsuit being filed in Canada by parents who say their kids are addicted to the video game Fortnite? This is what they're saying. This is what the parents are saying in this lawsuit. The kids don't take care of a regular everyday hygiene, such as showering, because they're playing the game so much. And then some have stopped eating and sleeping. So let me read what the judge wrote and then what Epic Games wrote, and then I'll give you my thoughts. The judge said the court finds that there is no evidence for these allegations of, of the deliberate creation of an addictive game. This does not exclude the possibility that the game is in fact addictive and that its designer and distributor are presumed to know it. This is what Epic Games said. Parents can receive playtime reports that track the amount of time their child plays each week and require parental permission before purchases are made. We plan to fight this in court. We believe the evidence will show that this case is meritless. So here's my, my take on this. And now keep in mind, my kids are young. And the when kids have, especially like ADHD, they have... They, tend to be very addicted to gaming in particular. But like they said is like you can set up a playtime report. You can also guess what? You can also turn off the fucking internet. If your kid pulls a fucking hissy fit for playing a game, take it away from him. If he starts destroying stuff in your house, which I've allegedly seen on social media, fucking throw that shit away. I'm sorry. It's okay to be an asshole as a parent. They will thank you later when they graduate from high school and get a good job somewhere in, in our produ uh, productive piece to society instead of being a fucking lump on the log that only wants to play video games all day. I don't know how many times we've gotten little arguments in our house because my son doesn't want to stop playing his games it, it's it's annoying it happens but the fact that, that they won't stop eating or sleeping I, 
I don't know. I don't know what the situation is in, in the household that that's happening. But if you find out as a parent that they're not sleeping because they're playing video games, guess what? You fucking get rid of that shit. You take it to a different house if you have to, somebody else's house, and and say, hey, can you hold on to this for a while? Because Joe Schmo kid over there is is being a little dickhead, stealing this at night and playing and not getting any sleep, and he's not eating, and apparently he's not showering because he stinks like a motherfucker. I mean, you just got to stand your ground. Obviously, easier said than done. Obviously, there's some kids that are just complete you know nightmares to deal with that's just being the honest god truth i know some kids are super fucking easy and i hate those parents that have the easy kids it's like fuck you come on but i also know that there's kids that are just terrors and you just gotta do whatever you can do listen i get it sometimes you just need to call in reinforcements and, and get help from other people if if you need it i i know that 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 might be the case and your job as a parent is not to be the good guy sometimes you got to be the bad guy and guess what most of the time you're going to be the bad guy and that's fine that's totally fine oh man i i I have a lot of mixed feelings on this because we do deal with that with my son especially my daughter's pretty good like if i say hey turn off your tablet she'll be like okay (laughs) and she shuts it off i'm like oh that's nice i say that to my son he'll be like hold on Hold on. And then, you know, like if if you let it go and you're not, you know, super aggressive to put your foot down, it'll it'll be like an hour later and be like, hold on, dad, I'll shut it off. Like, fine, give it to me. Fuck. (laughs) Dad, you're mean. You're the meanest dad in the world. Yeah, well, (laughs) deal with it. Eat your fucking food. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow, I just did two stories on trying to project my thoughts on parenting to you. Listen, whatever works for you, but honestly, they shouldn't be playing video games that much anyway. And listen, I sound really fucking old when I say that. I think it's good for them to play video games because it does teach them a lot of different things. There's a lot of skills that you can learn, especially this day and age. You don't want to be the kid that doesn't know how to play video games because we're moving in society where everything is digital and and you got to know how to work on computers and and play on computers and do all these different things. So I'm not against video games, but listen, there is there is some merit to this where it says that lawsuit is like they're addictive. Now, that being said too, like who's going to make a game that's not addictive? That sounds like a pretty shitty game to me. But it's like a restaurant you don't create a sandwich or whatever that you make your food. You don't want it to be okay. And maybe they'll come back. You want it to be so fucking good that they, they consider buying two of them and indulging and just fully consuming themselves with the product. That's just the way all products are designed. You want something that you can't live without. That's all products, right? That's the way it is. So I kind of call a little bit bullshit on Epic Games. It's just like, yeah, we, you know, we, we don't make it to be that way. And yeah, Judge, I'm pretty sure they have an idea that it is addicting. 
Now, is it like cocaine addicting? I don't, I don't think so, but maybe on, in, in some people's cases, yes. So what I'm saying is you make a product, especially a game, that you want people to sit down and play and not get bored with, to be able to get in deep with and, and just not want to, uh, well, basically, you just want them to just fully enjoy it. You don't want them to be bored with it, like I said before. So it it makes no sense to me to say that they don't make don't make it addictive because that's bullshit. You do make it addictive because that's why people want to play it, right? Am I wrong in that? I don't think so. No, I'm not wrong in that because that's the way you make a good product is you want people to come back for more and more and more for it. So yeah, sorry, Judge. Sorry, Epic Games, but bullshit. That's what you do. It, it makes sense. I'm not mad at you for that. I'm more upset with the reaction to that. Now, what you can do, Epic Games, in, in response to this is, yes, you can get playtime reports, but maybe you set something up where you have more parental controls and be like, okay, set this up where only uh, you have the parental guidance uh, app where they can go, okay, you only can play this for one hour or two hours a day. That's it. After that, you don't have access to the game at all. How about that? Seems pretty simple. My kids' tablets can do that. My wife can control how much time that they can play on a daily basis or watch on their tablet for a daily basis. It's all at the, at the, at the tip of her fingertips, and she can do that. Boom. I can shut off the internet at with ease with Xfinity. I mean, which is nice. <laughs> so I can be like, oh, well, you don't can't watch anything if you don't have internet now, huh? Huh? Anyway, I just thought that was a little bit interesting. If you have any thoughts on that, please let me know. To huffoncensor.gmail.com. My kids, by the way, love Minecraft, and then watching like weird, uh, like. My son loves watching people play Minecraft on YouTube. Fucking bizarre. <laughs> but I got in the wrong industry. I should have just continued to play like Mario Brothers and learned how to set it up with my TV. I still should probably learn how to do that. And I bet I'd get like a million fucking views. Make a shit ton of money just playing fucking Mario Brothers all day. Gain like 500 pounds. <laughs> You're like, what happened to Scott? Well, he can't move without a forklift, but he's really happy. <laughs> really happy. <laughs> hey, we got more coming up, but first, root for safeties this season with your friends at Superbook Sports. If you bet with Superbook this football season, they're going to give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday. No matter how it happens, all you got to do, root for chaos, and you could win money with Superbook Sports. So download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. This is Shelly Majors, GM of the Blake Street Tavern. Time to book those holiday parties, gang. And we can accommodate groups of 10 to 500. And if you have six or 700, I'll make it work. In case you didn't know, I'm kind of a big deal. And a bit of a nutcracker. It's a Blake Street Tavern where Denver watches sports. I was uh, wandering on the internet <laughs> like I can do, but I was trying to look for good stories. And to be honest, there's just not, there, 
I'm sure by the end of this, there's going to be a bunch of hilarious, goofy stories pop up. But I saw this and I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, by the way, man, I you can sit there. If, if I'm trying to prep for the show and I accidentally get on to, like, say, Facebook or Twitter or or whatever, next thing I know, like, hours can go by. So you got to be fucking careful with that shit. I was like, oh, my God. Fucking talk about a time suck. But anyway, <laughs> going back to this. You probably didn't see this because not a lot of people are talking about it, but I guess it makes sense. Fast Bruce's, uh, Fast Bruce's, Fast Bruce's went up. <laughs> fast food prices went up, but how much do you think that it went up this year? It, it, it's a lot more than I thought on, at least with one restaurant. Wendy's went up the most out of all the fast food chains or big time restaurants around uh, the United States. It went up 35%. Their prices did. That's a significant amount. McDonald's, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, and they all kind of went up right around 12%. Burger King had the lowest increase at just 2% for the price of their food. Now, why does that happen? There's a lot of reasons why, and I've talked to you about this before, and a lot of people will try to push back on this, but as somebody that has crunched the numbers... In the back of the house at a restaurant, I can tell you that this all makes perfect sense. Why did it go up? One, the price of wages went up. So you got to make up that cost. So when we're sitting there complaining that we want wages to go up for employees, that's fine. But just understand that there's going to be an effect on that. And the effect is it's going to cause price of goods to go up. Transportation and energy all contribute to a higher-end price for the consumer, but large chains such as McDonald's are able to mitigate this with brand deals and bulk buying. So transportation, gas, all that stuff adds into the equation. And, and so you got the wages, you got gas, energy, all that shit combined. When those all go up, so do your prices because a restaurant or any other uh, retail store, grocery store, all these things, they have to go up because they got to make up that cost. Otherwise, what ends up happening to that, that establishment? It goes out of business. They can't keep the doors open. They can't afford to have employees. Maybe they do keep the doors open, but they, they have like a skeleton crew. So they're getting, ha- they're getting fucking leveled every single shift. So you got to understand that that's why part of me is a little concerned that Burger King only went up 2% because that makes me wonder, are they not taking care of their employees? It makes me wonder, like, what kind of deal do they have? They must have a good deal somewhere that these people don't know about that did all this research. So it's very interesting to think about. But just remember, when we sit there and on one hand, we complain that employees need to have higher wages, which, listen, at the end of the day, I get it. There's a lot of people that get screwed over wherever they work, wherever they work. There's a lot of underpaid people because management will try to do that until they are forced to change it. Okay. That's every single industry. If I can pay you jack shit, I'm going to pay you jack shit (laughs) because why not? Saves money, right? Because that's the way management thinks. Upper Management thinks that way. They're just like, we, we, I, need a, 
I need to go on vacation. I can't go on vacation if I don't get a bonus because I'm paying Dickhead McGee employee over here. That's his proper name, Dickhead McGee employee. Anyway, I'm paying him this, and that's just affecting my budget. So that's the way uh, companies work, and it's frustrating. But if we're asking for higher wages for employees, that the, the effect is it is going to cause other things to raise in prices as well. So, yes, we want people to be able to have a, a an income that allows them to live in an actual home that's not like some piece of shit. But, you, you know, we want that. But then what's going to happen is in order for a lot of companies to combat that higher wage, they got to increase certain things. Oh, the it might. Now, that being said, a lot of times it's not that much. I mean, like Burger King, 2%. Even if it goes up like 12%, that's not that big of a deal. 35% is kind of a, a lot for Wendy's to go up. So that's interesting. Uh, dipping into the mailbag, Paul Burry wrote in. Paul's been a longtime listener of the podcast. He wants me to go retro. And he says, uh, who is a fan? 104.3, the fan co-worker you like the least. You don't have to say their name, just description. That's kind of a hard thing because most of the people that I didn't like were usually the behind the scenes people. And there was always somebody back there that, you know, it just kind of rubbed you the wrong way. They didn't do much. But I guess, I, I guess if you would say anything, it would be most of the time, it'd just be management that just rubbed me the wrong way. For the most part, producers on air talent were all pretty good. But management is usually the ones that I had to run in with. I, I don't mind voicing my opinion to management because as a former manager, I understand how things work and how they need to run and how you need to treat your employees. And there's a lot of times, not all the managers, but I know that there was a lot of managers that I worked with that had no business being in charge because they don't know how to treat people. Now, that being said, if I were to take a shot at my former fellow employees, former on-air hosts that I used to work with, the one that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. And I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it it would be DMAC. I like DMAC. I respect him. He's a very smart individual, very funny, former stand-up comedian. But there's just times where you're just like, dude, you're kind of a fucking dick. And I have no examples to give as of right now. There was one time where he got mad at me because our ratings were in the morning were so good and, and they were struggling a little bit in the afternoon. And he kind of confronted me on that and, you know, had some words with me. And I was just like, I, listen, our way works. That's the way we do it. Don't get mad at us for that. And, and, you know, he was, he was a little upset, but that being said, if I saw him five minutes from now, walking down the street, I'd go give him a hug. I, I, I don't hate him. I just know that there's times where I, I have a hard time being around him, but that's because he just says what he believes to be true, and and he's he's very vocal. So I can't hate on him completely for that, but there are times, I'm just being honest, there are times where he's kind of a dick, But that's and I don't think that he would argue that. I don't think he would. So I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. For the most part, everybody was really fucking good. Other than management, like I don't have any real beefs with anybody over at the radio station. 
even when I worked with like Mark Mosier, Vic Lombardi, two amazing people, Scott Hastings. Scott used to be kind of bitchy at times, but that was just, you know, whatever. I did I didn't hold that against him too because I knew he was exhausted from working on the road uh, doing Nuggets games and doing the radio show. So I, I kind of gave him a pass on that. And it wasn't like all the time, but there was just times where he would just be an asshole. And I've told him that. Maybe I said that to him when he was on this podcast and I, I interviewed him not too long ago. But yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody that I really, if I saw them, I would refuse to talk to. I don't think so other than management there's some management i just like oh god i cringe i wouldn't go out of my way to go have a conversation with them so paul i hope that answers your question but i i know you're wanting some some big (laughs) story be like i'll never talk to mike evans that motherfucker used to steal my food all the time that bastard oh my god i lost so much weight because of mike He's so mean. Him and his giant sausage greasy fingers. (laughs) Oh, God. No, none of that. Although Mike did used to do that before. Pre-COVID, I remember like we did the Mike and and Scott show, which was middays, like 12 to 3 or something like that. I don't remember what the time frame was. But I'd be eating some lunch that I bought, like, say, at McDonald's or whatever, and I had French fries, Mike would just come over and just dip his hand, his hand. Like, he just got done doing something, working on a computer. You could tell he hadn't washed his hands in a while, and he just dips his hands into the fry box and just starts eating them. Doesn't even ask nothing. (laughs) That's the only, that's really the only bad thing I can say about Mike is he would do that. And then he'd just sit there, chew with his mouth open and be like, you fucking dick. Who does that? But overall, everybody's pretty good over there. Pretty good. Um, yeah, Paul, that's a great question. I'm sure there, everybody had their moments. Uh, I had Brandon Cristal on this, on this podcast. There's times where he and I got into it. But overall, like, listen, he, he's a good person overall. <laughs> he has his moments. He told the story where I was being an asshole. So we all have our moments of being a dick. I think DMAC just has a little bit more of those than than the average person, but I have no hard feelings towards them. Management's a different thing. That's a different entity because I could say that about just about any company I've ever worked where I've had, uh, had butted heads with management on some things that are minor and some things that are major. And a lot of those things that were major, I'll, I'll never be allowed to talk about because the the hornet's nest that that is is something I just don't want to deal with. I just don't. And there's there those individuals don't work at the company anymore, but I just don't want to fucking deal with that shit because it is nasty, nasty, dirty stuff. So I don't want to deal with it. I'm trying to move forward. Okay, Paul? Quit trying to dig shit up, Paul. Quit trying to poke the bear. Quit trying to wrestle the bushes. Try to get shit to come out. The fuck's wrong with you, Paul? Fuck, man. (laughs) Anyway, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Really appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't done it. Thanks so much to Superbook Sports Colorado, Blake Street Tavern, 
And of course, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton. It's DeHuff Uncensored. If you want to reach out, please do so. Uncensored at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on social media. I'm on all the platforms. DeHuff Podcast is a good way to just search DeHuff Podcast. You'll find me. I'll pop up. Anyway, it's DeHuff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.